Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real-time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. See if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity be a roadblock in your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't get distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. KFI AM 640. You're listening to the John and Ken Show on demand on the iHeartRadio app. Ken is away today. Deborah Mark is here. And uh, we have been watching for uh, over an hour now. Uh, well, it started out as a chase. Now it's a standoff. It's a guy in a white pickup truck. We're still in the same uh, at the same yeah. standoff situation. Right? Yes, yeah. yeah. And uh, so one of the things that I was hearing is they may be bringing in a police dog. They are trying to negotiate with him, so they may be bringing him things that he wants to just try and get him to was, come out. Do you want another balloon? Maybe. And uh, then you can see that. So he's really close to homes. And right now, Channel 7 is, is zoning in on this one house in, in a front yard with a couple dogs just hanging out watching the scene. Yeah. Well, what else to do? I mean, but it's so close. I mean, hopefully, hopefully nobody's going to be hurt. Yeah, he's on a dead-end street, uh, Poplar Street. Uh, near North Wilmington Avenue in Compton. they uh, He was on a chase, reckless driving, and uh, they did the pit, pit maneuver twice and spun around, but he was able to get away, jumping over the median both times, and then he went to the end of this block, and just a few feet away is a chain-link fence that overlooks a cement river, and he's all boxed in. He can't go anywhere. He's tried to throw his car in reverse and push the police cars out of the way behind him, but that didn't work. Yeah, he tried that again. Oh, he tried that yeah, again. And this guy is ago. a dumb cluck. In the flatbed of the white pickup truck is uh, about a half a dozen tree stumps. They look like tree stumps. We saw him sucking out of a balloon. We saw him uh, sucking on maybe a vape pen or a bong. And uh, now for an hour. Boy, their arms must be tired. The police have weapons trained on them. They've tried to spray uh, pepper balls at them and tear gas. And they've rushed him a couple of times with shields. And threw spike strips under his car. Well, now, do you see they're leading a woman away? So maybe she lives in one of these nearby houses. The right. cops were were kind of showing her out that uh, out of a, a yeah. gated, I guess it's a home. 
Yeah, it's the end home on the block. And uh, it had a, had a gate around it. And you know when he was throwing things out the window, we were trying to guess what it was. I think it was the can of the uh, pepper, the um, oh. some of those the yeah, canisters. It was, it was small and black. So I thought it might be a gun and maybe it was given up, but not yeah. to be. All right, let's get to Alex Stone because we got more bad weather coming in. No, the chase is better. Let's. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, you better be as exciting as this chase is, oh, this standoff. Yeah. Well, okay? yeah, I think one of those was a canister they threw out of there, whatever whatever they put in there. He immediately yeah. picked it up and then just tossed it out the window. I was like, well, that didn't work. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, what do we got with the weather coming? Yeah, so uh, these atmospheric rivers, and uh, this is the next one. Um, this one's going to mainly pound northern and central California. Santa Barbara County is really going to get it. Um, but the issue with this one, both what they're going to get in northern California, what the pounding central California is going to get, and even what the L.A. area is going to get, is going to be pretty warm. And the, the concern out of this is the snow that is at lower elevations, that's going to melt with the, the warm rain coming in. And then it's going to become a flooding situation when all the, the rain and the snow merge. Uh, Yosemite has been shut down now for about a week because of all the snow in Yosemite and unable to, to clear all of it. Most of the, the Yosemite Valley, that area is at a low enough elevation that the belief is this is going to be rain and melt all of that. And then Yosemite could see flooding. Along the Merced River, uh, Central California, they're kind of in the, the bullseye of this thing. Um, they're they're worried there. Chris Krasanich got evacuated last time the river rose. He expects it's going to go on again. This time they learned their lesson last time that they know they're going to be in floodwaters. Not again. Just not again. I don't want to go through this again. You know, after being rescued at 1.30 in the morning on a flatbed trailer with a uh, backhoe pushing cars out of the way. And, yeah, we're not going through that again. So we'll be leaving early if it is going to look bad. So he says they're doing everything they can do. Uh, they're doing sandbags today. They're getting it all ready. So now we're going to go fill sandbags and pray that it doesn't come through the doors again. So the flood warnings are uh, mainly from the Bay Area down to Santa Barbara, uh, Kings River, and Fresno County. This guy puts it pretty well. We anticipate getting wet and hopefully not having to swim. Hopefully we don't have to swim in the end of this. The, the National Weather Service and NOAA, they put out an advisory about an hour ago uh, for excessive rainfall through central California with the, the real potential for severe flooding. So this is going to be less about snow. There will be some. Tahoe will get more. Uh, Mammoth will get more. But most areas, this is going to be rain, and then you mix that with all the snow, and then uh, you get you get flooding that, that hopefully we won't see, but uh, but they're worried we will get. How much is going to come down here? Uh, well, the Bay Area is looking about five inches. L.A., maybe a couple of inches, depending on the, the areas, the, the valleys. But it won't be anything as extreme in L.A. as what other areas of the state are going to get. Um, but the new uh, drought numbers came out today from the, the drought monitor that the, the government does. It It's pretty incredible. I mean, the, the numbers from two months ago to now, how the drought in the Central Valley, which that was the area that was like this dark purple color in, in their readings, the worst of the worst, you know, monumental drought, it's been obliterated. It is gone now. And they're releasing water out of the dams, out of Folsom Dam and others to get ready for this that – I mean, these last couple of weeks have been incredible. I mean, just look at the, the mountains of San Bernardino. It's been nuts. Yeah, every few years this happens. You get, uh, you know, three, five years of drought, and all the officials start screaming. Everybody says it's the end of the world. That's and then, right. Boom. And then suddenly down here we'll get 20 to 30 inches of rain. And it's like, ah, oh, never mind. 
We yeah. got enough for a while. Looks like Ireland out there. Um, what are they getting up in the mountains, uh, like from uh, Crestline up to Big Bear? Yeah, so they may get a little bit of snow out of this, but the, the bigger issue right now is still trying to clear people out. And the San Bernardino County Sheriff's Department, uh, they just updated us within the last hour. 13 now who are dead, who have been found dead. They still only know of one of the deaths being directly connected to the snowstorm. That was a traffic accident. The others were found in their homes, but uh, they don't know for sure. A lot of them, some were in hospice. Uh, some had health conditions. Others did not, and they're investigating it. But so many people have been stuck for so many days now. Team uh, Rubicon, the group of volunteers, normally they go into global disaster areas uh, they're up they're trying to help people clear the snow this is the ceo of team rubicon yeah it's been an incredible challenge for this the citizens of crestline uh, this is a absolutely amazing snowstorm not just in the amount but the duration of the storm so some of these people have been homebound for 11 days they've run out of food they, in some cases, don't have power. They don't have their own generators. Some of these homes, John, I mean, they, they've got snow 10 feet high. I talked to the family mm. of a 93-year-old, Eleanor Avenatti. She is uh, among the dead, and they say they talked to her on February 28th. She picked up the phone saying, welcome to Winter Wonderland, and then they could never get her on the phone again. They say they tried every welfare check line that they could find in San Bernardino County to no avail. Nobody could go and, and check on her. Finally, this week, a neighbor bashed open her front door, and she was dead inside. She didn't have any power, and so they think that it, it was related to the storm. The sheriff's department saying, yeah, but, you know, so many of these people had health conditions. The youngest, though, was 33-year-old guy, another person in their 30s, all the way up to their early 90s, a lot of ages in between. So they're investigating well, they're them. they're dying in their 30s. It's... Yeah, some of them may end up being connected, but right now, uh, yeah. They don't know if they are. That you know, They say the, the ones that were in hospice, you could say, well, that may not be connected. They say most of them, they they didn't look like they froze to death, didn't look like they ran out of food, but uh, they got to figure out the 13 who were dead. Well, the friends of Eleanor Avenatti think she froze. I yeah. Don't I, I don't mean, know if that's family, true or not. You know, they say they don't know, that, that her power did come back on at one point where she was able to get phone calls, and then they think it went off again, and... Um, the, the snow she couldn't see out of her home. The snow completely covered her home. She couldn't see out the windows. So she was there all alone. And, uh, you know, if it was the weather, they don't know. All right, Alex. Very good. Thank you. You got it. Thanks, John. Almost as exciting as the standoff. Pretty close. Uh, the, this cracked me up. Now, if you've been listening to the show, we have been making fun of the uh, pre weather predictions for a long time. Because it's incredible how often they're wrong. And how uh, all the hacks in the news media keep going to the same sources for the same wrong predictions. Uh, before the start of this winter, I would say October, uh, all the newspapers, all the media outlets, rather, were reporting that uh, the government said La Nina is still here. La Nina is that uh, large weather system that controls uh, where the precipitation goes, what the temperature is going to be for uh, the Pacific Coast. And a La Nina means cooler, drier winters in California. El Nino, the brother, means wetter, warmer winters. So they said La Nina is coming this year. It's supposed to be the third straight year. And the La Nina, there was a 91% chance that we were going to have a drier than normal winter. And so all the drought mongers started beating their tom-toms 
to send out the warning that we have to stop living the way we're living and control our water use. Well, they were wrong. 91% chance of dry winter. Obviously, you couldn't be more wrong. And now they have announced that the La Nina is over. It has uh, decayed, rotted. I don't know what La Ninas do, but it's died. And now we're in a neutral situation. Probably headed towards an El Nino in late summer or fall. Now, the El Ninos are supposed to bring you the wet weather. Although you could have a dry La Nina, uh, El Nino. Are you following this? La Nina is supposed to be dry, but they could be wet like this year. And El Ninos are supposed to be wet, but they could be dry. 91% chance and they whiffed. Because we're at 20 inches of rain in downtown L.A. And probably got at least two more inches of rain this weekend. But, hey, that doesn't stop. That doesn't stop all these wise journalists from calling up these loser experts to get the latest wrong prediction. Uh, more coming up. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. The standoff in Compton continues. A guy in a white pickup truck uh, at a dead end in uh, on Poplar Street in Compton. And there's a, a lot of police with guns trained on him. It was a reckless driving case and... Uh, he uh, started to evade police. There were a couple of pit maneuvers that he escaped from, and then he took him to this dead end, and uh, he's been inhaling all kinds of substances and uh, leaning out the window and shouting, and they've fired all kinds of sprays and gases at him. But right now, the standoff continues. Um, this, is, this story really turned strange. You remember how there was a woman named uh, Latavia McGee who uh, wanted to go to Mexico for a tummy tuck. Tummy tummy tucks are big with the West Side mommies, aren't they? Oh well, I I would imagine. And the West Valley mommies. Mm. Yeah, well, you know, tummy tucks and butt lifts and all that kind of stuff. I mean, yes, a lot of people do go to Mexico because it's a lot cheaper. Yeah, actually, for those cosmetic surgeries. Yeah, I, I heard what these surgeries are. It's 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 unbelievable. It's six figures. Oh. Well, I don't know because I've never looked into it, but I've heard it's very expensive. You've had nothing tucked or lifted? I have not. No? You're no. still in your original room? I am. Yeah. <laughs> I'm organic. <laughs> of course you are. <laughs> well, all right. Latavia Latavia uh, went to Mexico with, uh, with uh, several of her friends, and they ended up getting kidnapped, and uh, two of them got killed by the Gulf Cartel. They had crossed the border from uh, Brownsville into, uh, that's in Texas. And they ended up in Matamoros in Mexico. And today, this, this is the big twist. Five members of the Gulf Cartel were left abandoned on a street, all tied up so that, uh, so that they could be taken away by authorities. The Gulf Cartel... Uh, dumped these guys in the street claiming they were the ones who kidnapped the four Americans and killed two of them. They say that these guys went rogue, that they uh, operated outside of cartel rules, and they condemned the attack, claiming that the cartel has always respected the life and integrity of the innocent. Now, this is comes from a group that traffics enormous amounts of uh, fentanyl and heroin and these Mexican products, well, the fentanyl alone has killed 70,000 people, mostly young people. Fentanyl is now the leading cause of death between the ages of 15 and 45 in this country. 
So they've, they've killed 70,000 people. I heard uh, a politician today try to put that into uh, statistical perspective. It's like having a 9-11 attack every two weeks. It's, it's more than the entire death toll in the Vietnam War for the U.S. So it's a lot of dead bodies. And while it's getting some media attention, it, it's not like the, the country is uh, gripped with, uh, with horror to, to do something about it. Um, so anyway, these five guys, there's a photo of them um, sitting on the pavement with their hands tied behind their backs, left behind. There was a note from the Gulf cartel. Uh, apparently, they're with a splinter group, uh, the Scorpions. And uh, the Gulf cartel Scorpion group strongly condemns the events of last Friday when an innocent working mother died and four American citizens were kidnapped. Um, now, Latavia McGee, who was, uh, who was, who was uh, trying, to, trying to get the, uh, the tummy tuck surgery, she's a mother of five in South Carolina. Can you imagine leaving your five kids behind so you can drive to Mexico to get your tummy tuck? And uh, the Daily Mail says there is lengthy rap sheets for the four kidnapped U.S. citizens. And authorities said that drug trafficking can't be ruled out among the Americans. Um, McGee and one of her friends were rescued from the cartel stash house six and a half miles away. And inside, two of the friends were found dead. Um, there was a document that the Daily Mail uh, got, got a look at uh, with biographical information, which had their names, birthdays, addresses, and details of criminal records. And among them were convictions for, for drug-related offenses uh, for two of the four. And that would be her friends uh, Brown and Woodward. In view of the prior convictions, according to the document, it can't be ruled out that the attack against the Americans could be directly linked to drug trafficking operations. Uh, their, uh, their full names are Zindel Brown and uh, Shadid Woodard. So this story has gotten, uh, gotten a lot more interesting. Have you ever heard of the cartel apologizing? No, this is the first time. Did you see the apology note? Yeah. It's a handwritten apology yeah. note. Yeah. <laughs> Considering the, the savage murders that they commit. I mean, have you seen some of the stuff the cartels do? One of our one of our one of the most bizarre things Ken and I ever saw were, were photos. They would they would scalp victims like cut, oh just watch the Netflix show Narcos all about Pablo Escobar cut their faces and scalps off and they would hang them on lampposts yeah crazy so you'd see the and it doesn't seem like an, a the kind of crowd that would apologize no but that's that's what happened all right we got uh, more well I have an update on yes. this this crazy standoff well the guy is still. In the white pickup pickup truck, but I guess neighbors and people are coming around, and the uh, police officers are getting a little annoyed, and they're shooing people away, and they're uh, some people are trying, they're taking pictures, and the cops are getting a little annoyed. Got to uh, get their likes. Yeah, I know, right? Jeez. I guess they, they want to take selfies yeah. with the cops. I'm not. Well, I'm not exactly sure. Cops but, should uh, start firing pepper balls at the neighbors. And one guy was walking his dog. Cops trying yeah. to shoot them away. Get away. Get away. <laughs> Everything's a party in the neighborhood. 
All right. Uh, when we come back, you may have heard that Hunting, Huntington Beach uh, is getting sued by the state of California. Huntington Beach does not want to build low-income housing, at least not the way California is ordering them to, because um, uh, the, the citizens of Huntington Beach don't want to deal with it. Then they don't understand why they're being forced to. Uh, Newsom and uh, the Attorney General Rob Bonta insist that uh, they're going to have to bend to the state's will. And we're going to talk with uh, Huntington Beach City Attorney Michael Gates because he's always up for a fight. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. Coming up after 3 o'clock, you know, there's only one journalist in uh, the state of California uh, who uh, has covered the uh, high-speed rail story accurately for 15 years, has, has told the truth consistently, uh, and it's Ralph Fardabidian. And he started by working for the uh, L.A. Times, and then uh, as the L.A. Times transitioned away from uh, journalism, uh, Cal Matters picked up Ralph Fardabidian, and he's got another whopper of a story that we're going to talk about next hour. And we're also going to talk with Jim Patterson, uh, the assemblyman, because uh, Governor Newsom wants to spend another half a billion dollars on this high-speed rail disaster next year. This is with a $22 billion deficit, another half billion for high-speed rail. The new cost estimate, according to Vardabidian, uh, puts high-speed rail $100 billion in the red. Uh, they're $100 billion short in funding. So we'll get to all that coming up after 3 o'clock. Ken is away today. We're going to talk now uh, with uh, somebody we've had on a number of times, Michael Gates. He's the Huntington Beach City Attorney. As you know, the st uh, Governor Newsom and uh, the legislature has been constantly sticking their nose into the private zoning rules uh, of uh, the towns and cities in California, insisting that they have to build a certain amount of affordable housing and, in fact, in Huntington Beach, uh, the state is demanding that they construct 13,000-plus new homes in the next seven years. 13,000. Um, and, and there's a number of laws, in, in, including their insistence that uh, you know, people can build accessory dwelling units, the ADUs. Uh, those are those uh, small homes that you could uh, build uh, on your property. Uh, uh, adjacent to your, your main home. Let's get uh, Michael Gates on because the state is suing Huntington Beach. Huntington Beach is suing the state. Uh, Michael, how are you? Good, John. Thanks for having me on again. Sure. Uh, all right, so everything's coming to a head now. Explain in, in, in simple terms so everybody can, can follow this because zoning and housing can get way off in the weeds. But what is the state asking you to do that, you're, that, the, that the city's resisting? Uh, well, right now, the state's uh, just trying to slap the city council around, slap the city around for some of the decisions it's made recently, um, including uh, the city council decided it wanted to take a look at whether the city should mount a challenge, a legal challenge to the state laws on ADUs and SB9 and other things. And I won't I won't get too wonky on you, but basically the city council a few weeks ago or a couple of weeks ago said, hey, Let's let's kind of uh, pause everything and, and, and let's look to see if we should be challenging. Um, and so one of the things that came out of that uh, direction from council was to um, to not process uh, ADU permit applications under state law. 
but to continue the process, process the ones that were already in the pipeline and to process the one, process any new ones coming in if they do under our local zoning. And so uh, the, that got caught the attention of the state. Um, they're, they're throwing a fit about it up there, uh, claiming that we're violating all kinds of state laws. They sent us a notice uh, that we may be violating state laws um, on February 22nd. Yet I heard from a media outlet, although I haven't seen it, but I heard that they actually filed a lawsuit today and then had a press conference today. Um, you know, by our read of the housing law, we have 30 days to respond to that February 22nd letter. So they're way too early, in my view, um, depending on, I guess, depending on how they file the lawsuit, but they're way too early on pulling the trigger. Um, I don't think the conflict is ripe for adjudic adjudication to support a lawsuit, um, in large part because the city council has already, our city council has already looked at <clears throat> these potential housing challenges, and they're going to come back on the 21st of March, just here in about a week and a half or so, uh, to decide what to do with the ADU and SB9 application processing. Well, so, I mean, I mean the, the central debate here, and I'm, I'm assuming that many of the residents in Huntington Beach are on your side here, is that most people want their local town to decide that they themselves decide right. what kind of town they want. And if they want a town of single family homes, <laughs> then they've got every right to have a town of single family yeah. homes. And it's not anybody else's business from Sacramento to come and tell them uh, what to build. Yeah. Well, and, and that's why, frankly, John, uh, the city of Huntington beach just filed a massive lawsuit today against the state of California and the state's housing department and governor Newsom. Um, basically, uh, challenging their authority over the city, uh, who has, as you had said in your intro, charter city <clears throat> authority to have control over our local zoning. The state's basically trying to step in and take all of that away. And our lawsuit is basically saying, you're not going to take all of that away. We have California constitutional rights, but we also have federal rights um, under the U.S. Constitution because the state is also saying, hey, city council members, you have to say basically that your city needs more housing and they it forces the city through the process to adopt a statement of overriding consideration that is to say specifically john that high density housing is so important and such a benefit that it outweighs the negative impacts to the environment and that's forced speech and a violation of the First Amendment. Uh, the city council members should be able to speak as they wish and vote as they wish and not be told by Newsom or anybody else from Sacramento how they need to be voting on how the proposed zoning uh, should be or shouldn't be and or impacts our environment. So, so that's that, really the key. They want you to build over 13,000 homes? Right. Well, 13,368 units of high density. And so that usually ends up being apartments. Okay. That brings a lot of cars, a lot of traffic, a lot more people, you know, which, which, yeah. you know, beach towns really can't, can't absorb all that much right. more. You, you've got, you've got and, enough. And more, and more demand, more demand on water, more demand on electricity, all these things that, and, and, you know, the state's basically rationing. Um, at this point. And that really impacts the quality of life. I mean, there, there's no room for parking necessarily. There, there, well, there's, in, in there, there's, listeners, there's much more traffic, that much more uh, pollution from all that right, traffic. And what, what your listeners uh, might be interested to know too, in this context of Huntington Beach, Huntington Beach um, is a pretty big city. It's the 24th largest in the state. But, but the important thing is 
We don't have any undeveloped land. We are 95% or greater than 95% already developed. So what the state's basically saying is not that, you know, Huntington Beach has to develop housing. It has to, it's asking us to redevelop, take already developed properties and zone them and redevelop. Yet the governor and the state is leaving all of the undeveloped territory of the state of California untouched. Well, this, no this has been going on for years. Uh, you know, go, going going back, you know, into the early 2000s. I remember when Jerry Brown was the attorney general, they're putting severe restrictions on developing the open land going exactly. east out of L.A., but they want exactly. to turn like a beach community into a series of high-rise apartments. Because exactly. They, they want everybody to – there was an article the other day about this idea of a 15-minute city where you, you live and work and shop and everything is within 15 minutes so that nobody drives anymore. Yep. You're you you're reading the situation right, and that's what Huntington Beach. That's all we're trying to do is push back on that, um, and we do have constitutional rights that we're trying to assert um, and make sure that you know the state doesn't violate. And you know, as elected officials here, and you know, I've been in office here um, as the elected attorney since 14. It's been my duty ever since I took office, and it's the duty of the current council to defend our city and not kowtow to the state. Because at the end of the day, we aren't we didn't get elected to Huntington Beach leadership to be agents of the state, to do the state's bidding. We got elected to Huntington Beach leadership to defend the city, to do the citizens' bidding. So we have a duty and obligation to the residents of Huntington Beach, and we're not going to relinquish that or have it commandeered and taken away by the state of California. Yeah, well, you really fight hard for the people of Huntington Beach, and they're lucky to have you. So we will uh, keep track of this along with you. Good luck, yeah, all right? I appreciate that, John, yeah. and I would ask any other city interested to join us to contact our office. We'd be happy to help. All right, that's uh, Michael Gates, Huntington Beach City Attorney, because if you live in a primarily a single-family home uh, neighborhood or town, uh, you're going to be dealing with this because Newsom and the fanatics in the Democratic legislature uh, hate single-family homes more than anything because you're, uh, you're, you're, they hate your, your driveway. They hate your, your driveway is uh, usually asphalt, and that radiates heat, and that causes global warming. They hate the car parked in your driveway for obvious reasons. You burn fossil fuels. They hate your green lawn because you're using water. They hate your swimming pool because that uses water as well. Um, and, and they hate your single-family home because it's not an efficient use of space in their mind. You know, people should be living stacked up on top of each other, 20 stories into the air. And you shouldn't be driving uh, long distances to work. And, and, and to shop. You should live life the way they say. They, these 15-minute cities, that's, that's a real thing out there, a real phenomenon. It's the latest nutjob, wacko, progressive, left-wing nonsense that they're latching onto. And they're trying to force it into a town like Huntington Beach. It's just, it's just incredibly intrusive. I mean, these guys are such... They're, they really are Soviets. They really are communists. They want everybody living in the same little box. Uh, more coming up on the John and Ken Show. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. Three o'clock is going to be the time uh, when Jim Patterson comes on. Um, Jim is um, a Republican assemblyman, and uh, he often comes on to talk about the insanity in Sacramento. And here's another, another juicy one. Uh, Governor Newsom, who knows, who knows that, that high-speed rail is a complete waste. I mean, he's wanted to pull the plug on this, but he gets bullied by the unions. 
and they pay him off. So he's he's a bought off governor. He bends over for the unions. So he decided, even though we have a huge budget deficit, twenty two billion dollars at least in deficit, he wants to throw another half billion on this uh, complete failure, the high speed rail. And there's another story. Uh, Ralph uh, Vardabidian wrote it in uh, Cal Matters about uh, high-speed rail is is going to cost, uh, well, they're $100 billion short in funding. $100 billion short. It is, it is truly a disaster, a financial disaster. And the only thing stopping the Democrats from pulling the plug on this is because of all the campaign bribes that they take from the unions, the construction unions. Legalized bribes, of course. Most of them, anyway. Uh, so we'll get into that after 3 o'clock. Um, we were just talking with the uh, city attorney, Huntington Beach, Michael Gates, because uh, Newsom uh, and, and the legislature have stuck their beaks into Huntington Beach's business. Uh, uh, a local town should decide how it's going to be zoned. If you want to build apartment buildings, then do that. You want to build an industrial area, then do that. You want single-family homes, go away. Leave us alone. And they want to force... 13,000-plus units to be built in Huntington Beach, mostly of the apartment variety for more affordable housing. Uh, and and one, of the, one of the weird things is that, that, they, that these stupid dopes have cordoned off large areas of the state where no developer can build homes um, because of, I, I, I don't know, they, 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 they want empty land to remain empty. It's... Uh, it's global warming. It's like, I don't know, whatever the cause of the day is for these uh, weirdo progressives and their weirdo religion. Um, even though a lot of people want to live away from the coast because it's cheaper and because they can do remote work now. And there was a story today in the L.A. Times. It focused on uh, a particular couple, the Harringtons, who moved to Menifee, uh, about 54 miles from Anaheim. And uh, he was looking for homes in the low 600s in Southern California and found that that rare species is uh, located uh, along Interstate 15 and 215, way out in Riverside County. And uh, while San Francisco and L.A. are emptying out, uh, a lot of residents not moving out of the state. I mean, there's certainly plenty moving out of the state, but they're they're moving to uh, Menifee. Uh, because they don't have to worry about the drive so much anymore. They can work from home. In fact, between 2019 and 2022, one million more people moved out of homes and businesses in California than moved into them. And the data shows that the five zip codes with the most move-ins were suburbs or what they call exurbs. And these are the type of towns like Menifee that are maybe 50 miles away, the outer ring of uh, development uh, around a metropolitan area. Uh, and the top five are around Sacramento and Southern California. And it's cities like Irvine, Menifee, and Walnut because they have a lot of suburban new housing being built. And you get uh, bigger homes and more outdoor space for the money. And with the remote work, uh, life is better. And... This is what people want, and, and they've looked at the statistic every possible way. I mean, the, the, uh, the Postal Service has change of address data. Um, 
there, there's, there's also various universities that do this kind of research. The IRS keeps track of things, and they find out it, it's true. Uh, among the five zip codes with the most net move-outs, three were in San Francisco and one is in Los Angeles. But, you, you, but the thing is, this is all obvious, isn't it? You don't want to live with people running around, shooting guns, robbing, smashing, grabbing, shoplifting. You don't want to live where people are dying in the street of fentanyl overdoses or whacked out on meth. You don't want to live with the violence, the unpredictability, the garbage, the filth of the homeless people. So, of course, they're moving to clean, peaceful suburbs. There's, 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 no, there's no upside to living in, in, in a big city anymore in California. In fact, most of the western cities are emptying out. Portland is. Seattle is. Certainly, certainly uh, Los Angeles and San Francisco. And that's what people want. They don't want to live in apartment housing. This, this couple here in Harrington, they're not looking for affordable housing in some 20-story apartment building. They don't want a 15-minute city. People should have the freedom to live in the open space and enjoy their, their lawn and their swimming pool and their cars and their larger house. Give them the, the 3,000 square feet they want. You know, they don't have to live like these little wieners and weasels that, that, uh, like the, in the California legislature. Um, I, 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 it just makes me crazy. And in most states, you can do this, and it's not controversial. It is not controversial to want to live in a single-family home and have some open space and a front yard and a backyard. Only in California do they intentionally make it as difficult as possible and then scold you for it. All right, we come back. Boy, another half a billion Newsom wants to spend on high-speed rail, uh, which is, uh, this may be, this is probably the, 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 the king of the boondoggles. This is number one on the list. And we're going to talk with Jim Patterson, uh, and he's going to discuss high-speed rail, which is now needs another $100 billion minimum. And everyone knows it's not going to be built. So why are we why why are we budgeting another half billion for next year? Talk about it. When we come back. John and Ken Show. Deborah Mark has the news. KFI AM six forty. Hey, you've been listening to the John and Ken Show. You can always hear us live on KFI AM six forty one p.m. to four p.m. every Monday through Friday, and of course anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Got menopause? We've got you. Hi, Jackie here, founder of ExoJackie. Feel supported throughout your menopause journey and beyond with our organic protein powders and symptom relief boosts. Formulated to keep bones and muscles strong, ExoJackie products help reduce bloating, hot flashes, and weight gain. Enjoy 20% off with promo code EXOPODCAST. Shop now at exojacqi.com. Made for women by women.